All right, let's get Mess. to uh, today's top stories with Chris Trankman. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. So President Biden and former President Trump both headed to the border yesterday, and they both had very different views. <laughs> on how to deal with that situation. <laughs> to put it mildly. Imagine that. <laughs> so Biden was in Brownsville, which is the southernmost city, and he said that uh, the thing that needs to be done is to pass a bill, which Republicans and Democrats did do in the Senate, but it died in the House. Uh, over in Eagle Pass, Trump had other views. So we can hear that contrast between uh, both Biden and Trump yeah. right now. Let's play Biden first. Let me end with this. I understand my predecessors in Eagle Pass today. So here's what I would say to Mr. Trump. Instead of playing politics with this issue, instead of telling members of Congress to block this legislation, join me, or I'll join you, in telling the Congress to pass this bipartisan border security bill. We can do it together. You know and I know it's the toughest, most efficient, most effective border security bill this country has ever seen. So instead of playing politics with the issue, why don't we just get together and get it done? Let's remember who the heck we work for. We work for the American people, not the Democratic Party, the Republican Party. We work for the American people. So President Biden offering an olive branch. And then here's Trump uh, taking that olive branch and, and snapping, snapping, it, it snapping it right in half. Here you go. The United States is being overrun by the Biden migrant crime. It's a new form of a vicious violation to our country. It's migrant crime. We call it Biden migrant <laughs> crime, but that's a little bit long. So we'll just leave it. But every time you hear the term migrant crime, you know where that comes from. Allowing thousands and thousands and actually millions and millions of people to come. Could be 15 million, could be 18 million. Could be 100 million, could be 150 million. It could be uh, 1 billion. And it's called Biden migrant crime. It's a mouthful. It's a little long, so I call it BMC. <laughs> BMC is what Biden it is. Biden migrant crime. Biden migrant crime. <laughs> uh, then Trump said this, and I found this interesting. Because everybody I speak to says how horrible it is. Nobody explained to me how allowing millions of people from places unknown, from countries unknown, who don't speak languages. We have languages coming into our country. We have nobody that even speaks those languages. They're, they're truly foreign languages. Nobody speaks them. What are those languages? <laughs> what languages are they speaking that we don't have anybody? He obviously them? didn't take Spanish in high school. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I thought that was I, I would have had a follow up question there on that one if, <laughs> if I was there with yeah. the former president. Uh, what exactly are you talking about? And then he had a new nickname. This is the first time I think I've ever heard this nickname. Always a big deal when Trump unveils a new nickname for someone. Take a listen to this. And we weren't promising free education, free medical, free everything. I mean, all the promises that are made. No wonder they come. I mean, uh, you look at what this governor new scum from. <laughs> California, isn't that his name, Newscum? Newscum. <laughs> That's a good one. Newscum is is the name for the Californian governor. So not not Rocket Man, uh, not quite that level but uh, not bad yeah that, that's like a response to ron disaster right i mean it's right. like it, they're getting back at the the california guy yeah yeah it's it's <laughs> it's an interesting contrast and i think for trump this is uh, his biggest foil to what's going on in his personal in his personal issues and some of the other controversies that the republicans are facing in the campaign yeah. there's no bigger weakness right now for president biden no uh which is why president biden was at the border although he 
he went to like the one point border that's actually kind of secure in Brownsville rather than going to well, some of the other parts. Say, hey, look, yeah, border secure. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's all working. It's all under control. <laughs> so uh, we're going to have more on the dueling border trips again coming up at eight thirty-five when we check in with a reporter from Border Report who was there in Brownsville yesterday. So Governor DeSantis has signed a bill into law that permits the public disclosure of grand jury testimony. This paves the way for officials to release documents from the secretive 2006 Jeffrey Epstein case. Now, according to DeSantis, it'll spearhead the release of these records where just a single criminal charge was brought against Epstein. Yeah. Even though prosecutors in a, an extensive investigation and identified 30 victims, many of the people claimed uh, that there were people 14 years old or younger at his Palm Beach home. Uh, and, of course, we know about the secret island. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the question here is, what went on, what was in the uh, prosecutor's frame of mind that instead of charging Epstein with a series of crimes, that he sent it over to the grand jury where they only came up with one? Yeah. And that was sort of the end of it until the federal prosecutors got involved. And that's when Epstein uh, was arrested. And then he was awaiting trial before he killed himself. In right. I, I don't know. I wonder what we're going to learn here. Are we going to learn any new bombshell details or is it just going to show us that there was obviously a stronger case? There should have been tougher charges brought against Jeffrey Epstein back then. It didn't happen. And the questions remain why, which I think it's pretty obvious for everyone. Epstein was very powerfully connected. And yes. that seems to be um wasn't he like on home release for a while yeah. too? I mean, there's controversy yeah, he, yeah, about he, him not he, even being he, in, in behind bars. Yeah, no, he could get out of jail for like twelve hours a day or something. <laughs> they just let him go. Right. Like, like you're in jail, but not really. You know, yeah, you got to sleep here, but you can just leave for the day and come back. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but when you consider the the severity of charges, oh yeah, and you know there were some women there who had been his victims. Uh, at this news conference with the mm-hmm. governor, and you know they were like, "Look, we've had no closure since this thing started." Right? They want to know what happened. Why yeah. was he? Why wasn't he held accountable back then? Yeah, and it still pisses me off that that Jelaine Maxwell, his his right hand woman, she seems to be uh, living it up a little too much in yeah, prison. I don't like it. Yeah, yeah. and she's never revealed uh everything about what was going on she's kept her mouth shut well she did organize the half marathon for yeah. prisoners yeah. which you know <laughs> she's doing some some service there yeah yeah Ghislaine maxwell the thing about her was she was sort of the one in recruiting these yeah. girls and tricking them into working for epstein mm-hmm. under false pretenses yeah. you know these these women thought they, they were going to have a legitimate job and then it turns out they they become uh, abuse abused as uh, you know sex objects yeah. and, and you know it, it's a it's a terrible case and, yeah, like you said, it'll be interesting to see what details the grand jury saw or didn't see mm-hmm. uh, after the investigation. Because a lot of this came about because of the cops who did the investigation and then were pretty outraged to see that there was only one charge brought. And there was essentially leniency uh, on the part of the Palm Beach prosecutor. And there was a reporter, Julie, I think her name is Julie K. Brown. I hope I have that right. Miami Herald's reporter down in South Florida. She's the one who is behind, you know, all of this information that we've gotten on Jeffrey Epstein. I mean, when you talk about, as we're watching local news just get destroyed across this country, uh, that is an example of how powerful local news can be. Because if not for her and her investigative reporting, a lot of the stuff would never come out. Right, yeah, she went after that story and she wasn't going to stop. Yeah, Yeah, unfortunately for victims, though, because he never went to trial, there will be no final justice. Yeah. So the Florida Strawberry Festival is underway. It's the 89th annual event in Plant City. 
It started back in the 1930s, and for the first time this year, there's a new history center that's been set up in the old National Guard Armory building, and it features exhibits that show the past musical performers and the Strawberry Queens and, and just sort of the culture of the event. And I don't think there's any question that things have changed quite a bit yeah. since the festival started uh, decades ago. You know, I think it's pretty safe to say that at one point in time, it was mostly kind of a country western uh, you know, farmer event. Mm-hmm. But now you've got some of the biggest names in entertainment that show up and hundreds of thousands of people come through the gates every year. Last year they had 600,000 and they might have even more this year. I, I can tell you going by I-4 during the day, it's a real mess. Is people, it? People getting off the exits <laughs> oh, yeah. over there. Yeah, oh, yeah. So just a heads up, uh, this week, next week, uh, that's going to be the case. And, and the Florida Strawberry Festival, it amazes me. Bigger than the Florida State Fair. Oh, yeah. It's oh, huge. Yeah. Well, and that, we talked about this the other day. That's because of the concert lineup. Yeah. You know, I mean, they've got Black Eyed Peas, ZZ Top, the Beach Boys, Foreigner, which we gave away tickets to. I mean, that's just a couple of them. Right. And then, of course, the great food, uh, the, the strawberry shortcake. Are you a biscuit or a cake strawberry shortcake guy? You know, I, we've gone over this. I'm not we a have? strawberry shortcake guy. Oh, you're not. I like the strawberries by themselves. Yeah. Okay, and Dana, you don't uh, you, you I don't, don't like participate fruit. at all. Wow, no. I, I I eat stra- frozen strawberries in a smoothie all ground up. I don't like the texture of fruit. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, you don't eat fruit at all? Nope. Never? I, I don't. Oh my god! I don't like <laughs> even with like a bunch of syrup on top. I don't, that's I don't such a, like a that's such a uh, six year old thing to say. <laughs> like I don't want to eat my fruit. I don't like the texture. <laughs> no, if, if I was if I was a child now, I would be diagnosed with some kind of like food. Aversion uh, issue or something, but yeah, I don't like the texture of fruit or or vegetables. There are yeah. some vegetables I eat, but well, I, eat, I drink what, fruit smoothies. What about carnival rides? Because they've got that. They no, got that. no, yeah. not a fan of those. Tilt a whirl. Hell no. The zipper. No way. Not a fan of those at all. Well, at least the music's good. The music's yes, good. You yes. got that. I'll well, go see Flo Rida. Yeah, where else can you see Flo Rida and ZZ Top <laughs> at the same place? It's <laughs> a very eclectic group there at the Florida Strawberry Festival. Chris Trankman with today's top stories. Chris, thanks so much. Thank you. A transcript of Hunter Biden's closed-door deposition before two Republican-led committees was publicly released last night. Turnaround was really quick on this transcript. Hunter maintained throughout his testimony, which lasted over six hours, that his father was never involved in his business dealings. He was asked about whether a 2017 email from an associate that said, 10 held by H for the big guy, question mark, was in reference to his father. Hunter Biden said such a notion was pie in the sky and that the agreement didn't have anything to do with his father. In defending why he kept putting his father on speakerphone while he was with business partners, he alluded to past family tragedies and said there was nothing nefarious going on and that he'd always answer when his father called. He said, quote, I'm surprised my dad hasn't called me right now. And if he did, I would put him on speakerphone to say hi. I mean, I get I get the answering the phone when your dad calls, but like. Not on speakerphone. Not on speakerphone. Yeah, no, I it just doesn't make any sense. Like if I was uh, meeting with with business people here in the building, like we were having a meeting in the conference room, and and uh, my parents call. First of all, I would ignore the call. Uh, <laughs> yeah. My apologies, mom and dad, but but I would. Uh, but if I were to answer it, I, I would 
I wouldn't put it on speakerphone for like everybody. Right. To if you hear. felt like it would be an important phone call, you might say, "Excuse me, I really need to yeah. take this phone call," and you would step out. You wouldn't just put them on speakerphone <laughs> in the middle of a. Right. Hi, Dad. Say hello to everybody I work with. Unless you were trying to show everyone how close you are with a very powerful. Yes. Important oh, that's individual. my dad calling now. Yes. Hi, Dad. Yeah. Uh, and then there was this back and forth with Matt Gates that was interesting. So Matt Gates asked Hunter Biden, were you on drugs when you were serving as the Burisma board member? Biden responds, Mr. Gates, look me in the eye. You really think that's appropriate to ask me? Gates says, absolutely. Biden says, of all the people sitting around this table, do you think that's appropriate to ask me? Alluding to <laughs> Matt Gates's past issues with you know party drugs and i thought that was a, a very <laughs> interesting a yeah. very interesting back and forth uh the bottom line on this uh in terms of the impeachment inquiry the impeachment's not going anywhere there's not going to be an impeachment of president biden here in an election year i mean that ship has basically sailed at this point um and there's still a lot of questions that are unanswered from all of this so we'll see when he has the the public testimony that should be interesting i'll be honest i hadn't really paid much attention to this story until yesterday but now i've got some questions and I'm a little worried we're not going to see a good outcome here. Yeah, it's not looking good. This trending story brought to you by Trajan Wealth. Visit them at TrajanWealth.com. 13-year-old Maddie Soto has been missing from the Orlando area since Monday. And now her mom's boyfriend has been arrested on child porn charges. He hasn't been charged with anything related to her disappearance at this point. But police confirmed he is a person of interest. Now, before his arrest... Maddie's mom did an interview with a reporter, and here's what she had to say. I went to pick her up after school, um, and she wasn't there. Um, so I started driving around, maybe thinking she took a walk. Maybe she decided to walk to my mom's office, which is pretty close to the school as well. I drove around, and I didn't see anything. I drove back to the school. The school was closed. I emailed one of her teachers. They confirmed that she was absent all day. At that point is when I called 911 because I realized something was truly wrong. Now, what's really creepy is that in this interview that was done by Zoom, you can see the mom's boyfriend sitting at the table in the background. And the reporter said that before they went live, she saw this guy, you know, walk into the camera shot and and slam down a chair right there. And mm. that it seemed like he purposely, you know, sat down at the table. And then at right. one point he was sitting there cracking his knuckles. A couple more details. The child porn images that he was, you know, he's been arrested for mm. that. They found those images in his phone. Uh, police confirmed that they were taken inside the family's home. Mm. They haven't confirmed, you know, whether or not they were pictures of Maddie, but yeah. we can make that assumption. Uh, also strange, police say that that this boyfriend drove Maddie to school that day, but dropped her off in a parking lot in a church down the street, not at the actual school. And then, of course, we know that she never actually even went to school that day. So I'm wondering, did the police confirm that she was dropped off in that parking lot? Or is that just because the boyfriend said, oh, I dropped her off in the yeah. parking lot for her to go to school. And then that's when she disappeared. Right. So still a lot of questions, but it's just not it's not sounding good, you know, given the circumstances. I also feel like the mom, 
her behavior on that video and in that clip. Questions about her. Questions about her, what especially she what she might know, especially with the boyfriend sitting yeah. right there behind her that way. It's just a really awful situation. So hopefully the girl is found safe, but it's not not looking good. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on that story. We're joined now by our national correspondent, Rory O'Neill, whose report is brought to you by Mark Spain Real Estate. So, Rory, let's start with the Texas wildfires. The main one has now become the largest in Texas history, bigger than the state of Rhode Island. Uh, and as a Rhode Islander, I can tell you we're compared to everything. But yeah, actually now bigger than Delaware. This thing has gotten to be more than a million acres, more than 1,700 square miles. That's just the Smokehouse Creek fire. But overall, this is the largest wildfire emergency in Texas history. Most of this happening in the panhandle into Oklahoma as well. Big cattle country up there. Also a plant that manufactures America's nuclear weapons. Uh, that's had to be sidelined while uh, they battle this uh, emergency. You know, if there are wildfires that can end up being as big as your state, and maybe those states need to be combined or something. Rhode Island and <laughs> Delaware. I mean, they got to do something about that. You can't combine Rhode Island and Delaware, though. They're too no, far apart. I know, but they got to do something. Combine. I mean, com you could definitely combine Connecticut and Rhode Island yeah, in one state. Yeah. yeah, maybe that. And then, I don't know, do something with Delaware. Do we have a dump button on this? Because... <laughs> I'm going to need more than seven seconds of pressing you out. All right. So the weather, what we're seeing, it's, it's crazy because the heat that Texas has experienced, I think they reached like triple digits the other day. You've got parts of the Midwest, they were like 80 degrees one day, then they're like 30 degrees the next day. It's crazy. And unfortunately, Texas, they're bearing the brunt of, of these wildfires because some of this uh, hot weather. Uh, exactly. And now you today you have this blizzard hitting California. Some spots in the Sierra Nevada is getting more than 10 feet of snow, which is just in blizzard condition yeah, with winds insane. at least 75 miles per hour. Wow. But then all that is sort of headed towards Texas. So uh, they had a bit of a respite yesterday. Again, triple digits. But then they had a bit of snow falling in some parts of these wildfire areas yesterday. Um, a, a little bit of relief today but then this weekend again that system moving in from california uh could make things even worse yeah just over, just this weekend gonna kick up those winds and uh and the fire is not uh, what is it uh three percent contained or something like that i mean it's right, right. so it's not essentially yeah, yeah. right basically <laughs> yeah no you're right uh meanwhile here in uh florida i gotta tell you it's uh it's been pretty nice in fact paul delegato from uh uh, Fox 13, he was uh, trolling people on X. I, I don't think he meant to troll people, but he put out a map uh, last night and it showed the rest of the country and how... Uh, oh, I, I got to see this. Oh, you got to see oh, it. Oh, I got to share it. Yeah, yeah it's great. It's a, it's a map of the rest of the country and how cold it is everywhere. And then you've got one little spot. It's just Florida where it's like 78 degrees. <laughs> And it's nice. Oh, Isn't that great? Yeah, that's amazing. Oh, my gosh. I'm so going to share that today. Uh, all right. Another story you're covering, Rory. We're with our national correspondent, Rory O'Neill, right now. Trump's legal bills, they keep adding up from what he owes E. Jean Carroll to what he now owes the state of New York. 
is he going to be able to sell enough Trump sneakers to pay all of that off, or what's the deal? <laughs> well, that's the thing. So he's trying to say, all right, look, I know I've been hit with a $464 million fine. How about I put up a bond for $100 million and we call it even while I appeal? And the judge is like, no. Uh, so now that decision is being reviewed still. But under the law, he has 30 days to come up with the amount of the judgment while he appeals. That's the deal uh, that you know you can appeal these things, but you have to set aside the money just in case. And just on the witness stand last year during a deposition, Donald Trump testified he had more than $400 million dollars in cash on hand, well more, I think uh, was the term that he used, substantially in excess of 400 million in cash, unquote, uh, from last year. So uh, now the lawyers are saying, no, he doesn't. And it would cause irreparable harm to the Trump industries, the Trump companies, if they were forced to sell some of their real estate assets in order to pay this judgment. How funny would it be if Trump showed up to court with like, the $400 million in pennies, you know, <laughs> here, Letitia James, here I've got go. it for you. You want it? Here I'm you go. The, I'm picturing the Monopoly money guy with the yeah. pockets out turned <laughs> and his hands shrugged up. <laughs> All right. Our national correspondent, Rory O'Neill, with us this morning. Rory, my apologies for uh, for <laughs> ripping your state of Rhode I was Island. Say, that was a Monopoly reference. Monopoly made by Hasbro. <laughs> Hasbro from Rhode Island. Well, you're you're making say, the so case. Take that, Mr. Potato Head, and <laughs> stuff it in your All right. We'll talk to you next week. Have a good one. Thanks. The Ryan Gorman Show on News Radio WFLA. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Ryan Gorman Show and find us online at ryangormanshow.com.